Two boxes of wine and a crime is here. Trisha Temple. Join me, Trisha. The host of one of the most popular murder podcasts in the world is missing. Two boxes of wine and a crime is here. <laughs> On the search for Trisha, a new true crime podcast, we delve into the mysterious disappearance of Trisha Temple. <laughs> Drunk off our ass. Host of Two Boxes of Wine and a Crime. Join us as we follow the trail of evidence and interview those close to Trisha to uncover the truth behind her vanishing. You should have seen the letters that people sent them to Trisha. They were so hateful. <laughs> Fuck you in the head, you bitch. I would get nothing but fan mail. What do you say to people who think this is all a publicity stunt? Say it to my face, bitch. I'll cut your fucking throat. Was it a random crime or something more sinister? I'll gut you like a fish, bitch. The Search for Trisha, a gripping true crime investigation that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have it all figured out, or at least we think we do. <laughs> Don't miss episode one, out now. Bitch. The best bits, or whatever. Brace yourself for a major turn of events! We are releasing some Patreon Q&A episodes we did last summer, I believe. The world is holding its breath in anticipation! So here we are, cutting to ourselves from last summer, answering questions from Patreon. Enjoy! Round three! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mini Bits. This is episode 29, which is the same as the temperature right now in London, and I'm here with Will, who is sitting opposite me wearing a fleece in Donegal. It's absolutely Baltic in Donegal right now. It's a, it's, I can't believe we're having such different uh, weather experiences. It's disgusting. It's really offensive to me to see you in a fleece because yeah. my balls are stuck to my thigh. <laughs> There's not enough talcum powder in the world. <gasps> oh, Lord Christ. Oh, God. Oh, God. There's an image. You've just put an image in my head that I that I truly just want. I want ejected from there as soon as possible, Kevin. Um, I hope at least I will... Well, turn off your camera, Will. <laughs> at least you're dressed this time, Kevin. That's the one saving grace, I would say. It's a few degrees cooler than it was when we did the last one, but it's still outrageously hot. I've only ever experienced extreme temperatures, and that was in... Qatar when I was in Qatar a long time ago and I remember what were you doing in Qatar? I was up in Qatar a couple of times went out for a film festival and then they got me back to do like a week long workshop oh I remember that oh fuck I was really jealous of you when you did that fucking hell the week long workshop didn't you fly first class? yeah they flew me out first class they put me up in a five star hotel (sighs) and they fed me like one of those Wagyu beef cows they fed you what? fed me like one of those fancy cows Japanese cows they just just fed me a from Japanese cow. You know, why is that fancy? Wagyu. What are they called? It's Wagyu beef. Where they have these cows. Is it a ninja cow? <laughs> yeah, it's a ninja cow. An incredibly overweight, but incredibly well pampered ninja cow. It takes so much more effort to, to slaughter one of those cows because they fight back. <laughs> I've never been as well treated in my life as I was the week I was out in Qatar. What about the human rights violations, though? The only thing that's, that felt a bit icky was in these sweltering temperatures seeing like like I, I couldn't spend more than five minutes out in the, the direct sunlight and I would go into this five star hotel and go up to my whatever 30th floor apartment and look out at another hotel being constructed opposite me with these guys 
working in that heat hanging off the side of the building I was going oh god that's not good that's Imagine. not good and I remember being driven to some place and uh uh, passing signs like uh, one sign said uh, you know you'd have signs that say library another one says death camp uh, courthouse another one and another sign said public executions I was, I was like oh right that's horrible that's really <sighs> okay. disturbing yeah so you were complicit in propping up the regime in Qatar I felt I was acting as uh, an agent for change because we had female <laughs> filmmakers this is actually true. We had female filmmakers as a part of the group and we had people trying to... And I felt I felt the anxiety of young filmmakers trying to tell stories in a oppressive uh, uh, system and, and, and stuff that we take for granted here. A dangerously felt, oppressive system. Yeah, and I, and I, felt, I felt like oh, I'm trying to give these people uh, some tools that may, might get them in trouble. Um, yeah, so I, you could feel the edge. I could feel the the a little bit of the anxiety of the filmmakers. Um, so, so That's I don't fascinating. Feel, it was an interesting. It was an wow. It was an amazing, uh, amazing time over there. I was in an. Um, I got a, a private uh, trip to a. This, they, were, they were they were like sheiks, like you know, and um, this one guy, the sheik, he has his own private museum, and it. And so we got myself and some Italian journalists, I think, got a private trip to this museum. And it was the biggest museum I've ever been in my life. It was private. It's his own private thing. And you would go in and there would be this vast one room, vast room dedicated to doors, right? All sorts of doors. It sounds that like had, that uh, museum that the, the Queen had in uh, Return to Oz. I got, yeah, kind of, yeah. But there was one room that was dedicated it was a warehouse dedicated to modes of transport so they had all sorts of cars like a New York taxi cab a black London cab then go back to Model T Fords then they had like that sounds fucking cool boats like huge vessels inside there then they had Formula Michael Schumacher's last Formula 1 car and a, a Williams Formula 1 car it's just scrap metal was oh, fucking hell. I was there all these Italian journalists I'm surprised the Italian journalists weren't all over but I was just rubbing myself against it just going oh my god it's incredible so well, it was you just put an image in my head now which is worse than any image I put in your head <laughs> sorry I'm not that creepy about uh, motorsport I once went up to Scotland to uh, give a screenwriting talk to a bunch of Neds and um, Neds I've never heard Neds. that Neds they're like um, that might be derogatory but they're like um, kids from disadvantaged backgrounds who are acting out and getting cautions from the police right right that sort yeah and it was it sort of turned into a bit of a therapy session oh wow I was telling them how to personalise the stories and not try to emulate other people but that each one of them had their superpower and that the more that you want to tell a story that is really true to your life experience Mm -hmm. then there's no way in hell that I could ever attempt to write anything as good as what you would do in that space so if you want to be better than everybody else just be yourself Mm -hmm. great advice um, they chased me out of there with like (laughs) bike locks but (laughs) (laughs) it was a good experience Scotland is beautiful such a beautiful country did you say what part did you say where's Edinburgh Edinburgh okay yeah beautiful it was just outside Edinburgh but Edinburgh itself is like Edinburgh itself feels like it was designed by the Harry Potter production team 
Wow. We were talking about going to Ed- going to Scotland summer at some stage. Um, but we haven't committed to it. We haven't committed to a plan yet. If you do, I'd say go by the ferry. Oh yeah, that's what we're going to do. There's so many flights being cancelled. Will will we get into it? Because we're yeah, we're, we're burning we're burning time here. We could, we could change the title of this episode and just go random chat again. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you going to set a timer, Kevin? I am. We're going to do another Q and A episode. We've got more questions, and um, we're back. No prepping for the season so we're back to sort of like watching films for that rather than new films that we can talk about yeah but uh, let me get the clock up here okay what will we go for 35 minutes yeah let's do 35 minutes here we go starting the timer now Kevin I'm going to give you William the first question and it is from Don again your nemesis He's not my nemesis. I don't even think about him. (laughs) Don asks a very good question. He said, he asks, how would you improve it if you were given the job to write the next Fast and the Furious film if perfection can be improved? (laughs) I have an answer to that. I have an answer too. Go on. What's your answer? Opening scene. A hundred car pileup. All dead. My, and this is a genuine, this is my genuine thought on the Fast and Furious franchise. Honest to Christ, I would kill off Don. I would kill him off as Don. soon as I, as soon as I you got kill my off hands Don. on him. I mean, that's where we both agree. Is, that, is it not Don? Is it Don not Vin, did Vin Diesel's character? Is that why Don likes Vin Diesel in that movie? It's because he's Don as well. Maybe he's dumb. Maybe he's dumb. Basically, <laughs> I would kill off Vin Diesel's character. As Let me soon look as I this up because in. I've never watched a single one of those fucking movies. Fast and the Furious. You have not. You're lying. You I've not have seen, seen a single one of them. They look You're... inane to me. And every time he goes, <gasps> I just want to <laughs> walk out. This is, this is, you are literally judging the film by the poster. And the well, trailer. I have never shit broken glass either, but I know that I wouldn't enjoy it. I've watched all of them, and I've had all of the emotions with these films. I have disgust, hated them. rage. I have had disgust. I've had boredom. I have, I have had uh, just malaise. But I've also had uh, it's Dom, laugh. Dom Toretto. Sorry, Dom. Okay, Dom Toretto. Yeah, I'd kill off Dom, and I'd either kill him off. And then potentially bring him back as a ghost. How would you kill him? Oh, oh, you know, I, he has to be run he's over. He's going to be run over, or he's going to be in a. He's got it's the worst car wreck. The car gets split in in quarters, not in half. And there's a like he's he gets hung drawn and quartered by, you know, the car wreck. So there's a limb in each in each quarter of the car <laughs> as it rolls down a highway. And that last thing he says, family. <laughs> yes, the last thing would come out of his mouth. Steamroller. But uh, but I'm going to leave a crack. Steamroller for me. Cr- a crack in the door open for his ghost to make a comeback. They're probably going to do something like that. I mean, yeah. crikey. Such a... Yeah. But I do think the films would be a lot better if he was no longer involved. I know that's essentially taking the heart out of the thing, but he's shit. So get rid of him. The heart. He's the heart. My God. He's He's family. Kevin, you give me a question now. This is a question from uh, Lisa, my mate. Okay. Uh, she says, Dear Squally and Bubble. So someone's been listening to the podcast. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, any favorite video essayists? 
Oh, YouTube essayists. Um, oh, maybe that doesn't necessarily mean just film. Um, it can be about. No, I'm sure it's not. I have a few people that I l- follow. Let me get. Well, it. I can immediately just say, uh, of course, Red Letter Media is great fun. I yeah. love their, their. That's great fun. But also, there's the one, um, the. <clears throat> Is it the art of the frame or the... No, every frame of painting. Every frame of painting. I've always enjoyed those ones. I think they're He's gone really quiet though, good. isn't he, that guy? Yeah, he does very, doesn't do that many, but you know, they're, they're all... His previous ones are all still up there, so they're well worth a watch. Okay, I'm just looking at my subscribes here, and I like Cold Crash Pictures. Oh, what's that about? It's a, a sort of... Um, a, all of these ones that I have here are sort of film students or or film lovers who end up dissecting or investigating the themes and the creation of movies and TV show. The one I was just watching the other day from Cold Crash Pictures was how Dinosaurs, the Jim Henson TV series, was all about capitalism. And um, it was fascinating and really, really well done. So uh, that's one I just watched recently and I really like his stuff. I also like... uh, a. Uh, a sort of a smaller channel called well the guy that does it is Leighton Eversall and okay. he it does retrospectives and he he does um oh god do you remember film mentories yeah I do uh, he film, oh yeah 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 Jamie Benning or something like that yeah, yeah he did one on Jaws and, and Indiana Jones and it would be sort of like cobbling together all of the behind the scenes footage with audio commentaries and cutting in the movies and, and sort of doing this hybrid version of a commentary with a documentary. And yeah. they were all on Vimeo and they were fantastic. And I think rights issues is meant that he can't do them anymore, I don't think. Uh, but Leighton Eversall does something similar to that. And he'll do th- stuff like he'll go back through the Jaws films and talk about the creation of them and what who was cast and who dropped out and what they were paid. And, and it, they're fascinating deep dives I also like Captain Midnight um, oh he's the guy who dice oh no I'm getting that's, I'm thinking of Captain Disillusionment he's also there I've, Captain Disillusion is the guy that sort of um, debunks pranks yeah. and, and spoof videos he's been um, going for a long time he's it's brilliant good. yeah uh, but Captain Midnight is one where they'll go through recent TV and movies and sort of um, talk about where they've gone wrong like they just did one on on uh, the latest Jurassic Park film and he basically reiterated everything that we were saying right so those are ones that I like and Red Letter Media and every favourite painting I got a couple more actually now that I just literally pulled up YouTube Um, a couple of screenwritery ones Nerd Writer he's uh, pretty good Uh, he's kind of film video essayist stuff Um, oh a video game one which I love is No Clip No Clip and it is by Danny O'Dyer. He's an Irish guy, but he's a big name. His name is Danny O'Dyer. Danny, Danny, o, Danny O'Dwyer is his name. Okay. Danny O'Dwyer. <laughs> I was going, Danny O'Danny. Danny, yeah, he's Danny O'Dwyer is his he's name. Danny Dyer and Danny O'Dyer. Yeah, no, and Danny O'Danny. Um, he does amazing, oh, proper, proper documentaries, really. That's what they are. They're documentaries about the making of classic video games. Incredibly, incredibly well put together researched interviewed he probably goes and travels to places like I did an amazing one about the origin of uh, GTA recently there's a city in Scotland actually speaking of Scotland I think it's Dundee is one of the uh, 
was sort of ground zero for contemporary video games where Grand Theft Auto was born out of uh, Dundee all these um, kind of influential video games uh, sparked in this one little place from a fucking computer club and all these guys came together with computers and it's one of those amazing little stories of how creativity and interest for a particular subject spawned an entire industry and uh, created a multi-billion uh, uh, you know influenced a multi-billion dollar industry as well so Danny O'Dwyer's no clip is excellent as well so uh, yeah I'll recommend that cool I don't know either though, so I'm going to subscribe to those mm-hmm. Nerdwriter's very good as well yeah yeah very good Okay, um, I got one from Ray, Ray Bogdanovich. Ray asks, oh, this is one of those career, one of those career questions, Kevin. Okay. If you, if you would say one line of inspiration to a hungry soul wanting to make it into this cunty business, what would it be? <laughs> I feel like I've already said that on, on my career chat. Oh, maybe you have. What else could I say? If one piece of advice, um... See, the thing for me is that I feel the longer I've done it, the less I know. Like, the less dogmas that I feel are that hold water. Um, because for every bit of advice that I could give, there'd be a counterpoint which is equally as valid. Um, so they, everything sort of counters itself out. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Um, one piece of advice. I would say... Again, write what you know, like what I was saying to those students in, in Edinburgh. Um, I think write what you know is like what you know about people, what you know about relationships. Write that into whatever you do. So you could have you could have a movie about an astronaut and you've never been to space. And you can mm-hmm. write about that. But that person, that astronaut, has to be true to who, what you think or what you know to be true about people and about... Um, life yeah. so that's what I feel right what you know means so personalize the story focus in on yourself as fast as you can and make sure that the stuff that you write can only be written by you and that nobody else could write what you're writing as well as you can write it and the only way again to do that is to personalize it as much as possible I had that experience that exact experience this morning where I'm in the very early stages of a of a of a film, which is very nebulous at the moment. But um, anyway, it's it's a subject. What's it about? I can't tell you because it's <laughs> I can't I literally can't say. But it's it's literally it's set in a, in a place I've never been in a time period in which I've never lived. Uh, it's you know with characters who have experienced things that I've never experienced, and I was trying to figure out okay, what's my way into this. But I had like I've got a couple of little facts to work from, like specific moments. But I was able to find an emotional anchor. What they experienced there must have been the same experience I had at a certain point in my life. Basically, we all experience the same emotions. This is the thing. Can I say, watching TikTok, there's a trend. Does anybody else do this? And the amount of shit that we all do. It's like, a, I'll give you two examples. You'll be lying in bed or lying down and you'll stretch your arm up into the air and just hold it. Yeah. It's like, why do we do that? Sometimes you do that, yeah. Sometimes you do that and everybody does it. Or you'll finish drinking a bottle of water or a bottle of orange juice, whatever, and then you'll bump the bottle, the empty bottle off your head. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We all do that. Why do we do that? (laughs) 
There's something very satisfying about that dunk, dunk, there dunk. There is, that but it's like dunk. we're all the fucking same person. We have no original experiences. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to your point. Is basically if you can find something that you go, I, I feel that reason. I feel that thing that I don't quite understand. I, I have done or I do, but I can kind of see parallels between that and this other experience. Then usually, if you kind of like hang on that and actually trying to find the truth in your own experience, you can potentially mine uh, fruitful things that'll be useful in the the story. That's what I would say. Um, my advice, my only really advice is I agree with you completely. The more you do, the more you realize there are no rules. There are no rules. It's a whole. The industry is a shifting. It's a desert of shifting sand dunes. But my, so my only advice is enjoy the enjoy the actual doing as long as you're having fun. Also, you can't really copy anybody else's process. Uh, no. You've got to figure it out for yourself. It's like you might like somebody's writing, but copying the process is like copying their handwriting. Yeah. And thinking that by copying the handwriting, you're going to get the same uh, words on the page and you're not. There's no right way to do it. Yeah. It's just whatever works for you is the right way for you to do it. Mm-hmm. And just get to the end, just finish it. And, we, um, and don't care so much. We've learned, I've learned from doing the podcast with you so much that we have two totally different processes. Our brains work through problems differently. And that's just you and me. And we're totally different. We're kind of doing the same thing. We're creating the same thing, but we have totally different ways of solving problems. What do you think are the things that are different from us? Because I remember you, you were talking about um, dialogue for me is easy, but dialogue for you is the last step of writing a scene dialogue, dialogue for me is like is like the, the finessing is the final final thing that I get to the process wise the big difference between you and me I think that you do that I would never ever do is you can write you could write completely disconnected scenes you could write a scene you could write a scene at the end of your film you could just start at the end of your film oh I jump of, around write, a lot yeah you jump around whereas with me my, well, I couldn't possibly do that I have to we also start, edit that way yeah, we told. I have to go the whole way through. I have to. If I'm writing a screenplay, I have to get to the end as quickly as possible. I that's will, my f- starting point. I'll edit the intro and the outro first, and then I. Oh will my just, god! Yeah, <laughs> I'll, you do that. I'll edit as I go. Right. Where you you listen all the way through, and you multiple times. Yeah, I m- listen through multiple I times. Never, I listen through once. So there's a downside to that, though, and it's the same with writing: is that I will edit a sequence of the podcast and then we'll say the exact same thing we'll repeat ourselves two minutes later but say it better and I'm like oh fuck put all that so, effort into that yeah, section and then I'll now go back and I'll cut yeah. that section and so that's why that's where my process is is I'm, I kind of I work on a macro level uh, first of all I just it, my my mind is just get the, the big stuff done first of all get the kind of like find the lay of the land and make little notes as you go along but just get to the end as quickly as you can and once I get to the end and once I have a document that's fucking easy for me to go back and just tinker that's the fun bit I'm also not precious there's no criticism that you can give me that will hurt me no notes you can give me that will affect me and people are very skeptical of that they'll hear me say like you can say whatever you want you can give me as many notes as you want it's not going to change my mood and they think well you don't care then or they they'd never articulate that to me but they do think like oh well wait until you get my notes or whatever and they might be really excoriating notes but it does not affect me it's like okay I can fix that I can't fix that I can fix that that's easy to fix and they're sort of like blindsided by my sort of like reaction to, the, to to those things but I'm really I'm not precious 
Mm. This is going to sound absolutely like egotistical, but I know what I can do and I know how I'm going to do it. The only time I get nervous is when I think that I'm out of my depth and I don't think I can do it. And I've just, I've learned what spaces I do my best work in. I know I'm good, basically, is what I'm trying to there say. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you're not shit. You can do it. You can do it. Now, yeah. Kevin, you can give me a question. Do you write with an Irish accent? This is from Dean Lyons. No, I don't. I just write. And Wow, okay. I don't write with an Irish accent. I just have the words down on the page. I don't think with an Irish accent. Oh, I do. I don't think with an Irish accent. I just think. You, oh, so you have I'm, to think with it. All right. Do you hear, do you hear a voice when you think? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer. I yeah, just have obviously. Okay, this is going to get very interesting now. Do you have an internal monologue? Yeah, I lo- Yeah, obviously because it's going all the time. But I don't hear its accent. You don't hear its what? Its accent. No, but your internal monologue is your own voice. Yeah, but I. It's like. But that's the thing. It's the same thing as asking me, do I do I write in it with an accent? It's like, is, does my internal monologue have an accent? Of course it does. It sounds like you. Exactly. I don't hear my own accent. This uh, is the thing. People don't think... Do you ever... You know, most people don't think they have an accent. I think I have an accent. I know you have I an accent. I once got completely stoned on Fraser Island. I might have said this to you before. I got completely stoned on Fraser Island eating pot cookies from... Was it Nimbim? And um, I ate the whole cookie and it blew my brains out. And I remember saying out loud, oh my God, I I can really hear my accent. <laughs> it was it was like being outside myself and hearing myself speak and I could really hear my, my accent coming through. People thought it was hilarious, but it was really disconcerting. But of course I do. I will write things, the dialogue and the character. I feel quite well versed now in writing English characters and American characters. Ah, no, this is different. This is different. When I'm writing characters, I'm writing. I'm writing a voice. All right. So characters right? say to each other, "How are you?" The, the character That's, can respond, "I'm grand. I'm fine. I'm good." That's three very distinct personalities from three absolutely. very different places. Yeah. When writing characters, uh, you know I have, yourself. I have. I have accents obviously personalities for the characters and they might have an accent of course they might have an accent but when I'm writing let's say uh, uh, scene descriptions that doesn't that's not accent you know if I'm writing prose there's there's no accent in that on Grabbers I wrote the entire thing in an Irish accent I'll say something to you when I'm reading a book and I know this is not the fastest way to read a book I cast all of the roles in the book that I read so when I'm reading I'll find a narrator's voice and I'll read the narrator's voice. Let's say if it was, depending on, I try and cast it maybe generic voice. I'd say if I was reading a Harry Potter, I'd re- cast Stephen Fry as the narrator's voice. And I would cast the characters and I would have voices for the characters in my head. That's bizarre. So I would read, I would read the, their, their dialogue on the page in their voices, in the actor's voices in my head. And I would, and honestly, I process it so much better when I do because I think when, it, when I just scan, I don't the, the the words don't sink in. So I read really slowly, and um, yeah, so that's kind of maybe I do f- that for writing as well. Let me follow up on this though, where you say you don't have an accent. Um, I do have an accent, but I don't hear it. All right, so if if I if you were driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, and you're thinking to yourself. Would you go that fucking go or that langer or that... Yeah, of course I would, yeah. Would that's an accent. 
that's not an accent. An accent is a sound. And I, I think we're, we're mixing up accents and... But that's what Dean means by that. He's dialing. like saying, do you write with an Irish voice? Oh, oh, right. Sorry. You see, I'm... Okay, I'm misunderstanding. I'm misunderstanding what accent means because accent in my head is not the words, but how you sound. Oh, right. So you're taking it on how your... The, the cadence and, and how your yeah, voice sounds. Yeah, that's to me what an accent is. It's like, you know, we could all say, how are you in different accents? Like, you know... Or hello, and different. In a, I give you a Donegal hello. And well, I'm still going to say that my internal monologue is a Cork accent. No, my my internal monologue is vanilla. Vanilla. Right? Yeah, in my head, I in my if you if you had a tap into my internal but monologue, this is you'd probably where I'm, I'm having this huge disconnect with you. Your internal <clears throat> monologue is not your own voice. It is my own voice, but you think that your own voice is vanilla. I don't. This is. I don't know. We're going around in circles, right? We're going around in circles, right? Listen to me. Listen I know to me. I have an accent. I know I have an accent, right? But I'm not there, sitting there, listening to my own accent, going, "Oh, listen to me speak. Listen to me thinking to myself in a Donegal or a or a Galway or a Cork accent. Listen to listen to me. Oh, jeez, that was very Cork of you to think. But to your think internal in that monologue way. is an Irish voice. <clears throat> yeah, of course. Well. It's yeah, of course it's an Irish voice. It's it's my voice. It's I don't, but I don't think about the accent. Do you know what I mean? And again, I think we're we're confusing accent. Do you know there versus, are some people that have no internal monologue? It's silent. I am amazed and I envy them. I, I don't think that they can. I don't think you can be creative if you have a silent uh, head. If I think you'd be very analytical, but how? Like if you don't have an internal monologue, I just don't know how you could actually be a screenwriter for one thing. I've I I, I want to say this through meditation, right? Through only through a lot of meditation, I've I've found a headspace where I I found quietness in my own head, and it is lovely. It is lovely, and creativity comes from that as well. I think I have undiagnosed ADHD because I cannot do meditation or mindfulness I've tried it I can't do it it's it's not not for everyone and it's and it is hard and it takes it takes um application and it takes like you know it takes a bit of work to get it right but, are you um, a fast sleeper do you fall asleep quickly I I have to for if I'm I have to read or I have to like look at something if I if I was lying in bed yeah with nothing yeah I'll be up till two in the morning so I have to shut down my brain. I have to find so your eternal monologue. Is oh shit! Now just come out, stay. Oh, from, it's and and you know and you know this is the worst thing. The true thing about human nature is that, and I learned this the hard way. You know, in the middle of the night, your darkest your your brain seems to go fucking crazy. Yeah, right. Never. And that's when the, never make any life decisions at three in the morning. Nothing good I, will come of it. After there's an actual physiological reason behind this. Uh, it's because our part of our brain shuts down at around eleven o'clock at night, at the, at the, uh, during the wee hours. A part of our rational brain goes to sleep, and our kind of um, when you are awake, your primordial brain is still awake, and so your rational brain actually kind of just goes into standby mode. So that's why at nighttime your kind of you know, just sometimes irrational thoughts come can go racing through your mind at nighttime, and your rational brain doesn't kind of wake up until the morning. It sounds crazy, but it's so true. I wonder whether there's been any studies about the time that people commit suicide, and whether it's three in the morning. Oh, I don't know. I think they're two different. I think they're two different things. 
why are they two different things? It's the irrational behavior of well, somebody I think- who's not thinking straight. Okay, good question. Are you talking about kind of like impulsive suicide? Is that what you're you're getting at? Yeah, I, I I think I think yeah, you can have very dark thoughts at three in the morning. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, the last few nights I've I have been I have been tormented at night. The last few nights. Why? What have I done, <laughs> Kevin? Doing podcasts with you in a heat wave. Oh my god! <laughs> Just having flashbacks to me sitting there, nipples out, talking about my process. It's like what, what is what is my life? <laughs> Kevin wearing aviator glasses and just seeing just seeing his hairy chest. Oh god! <laughs> so, I don't know if we've answered. I don't know what the question was. I can't even remember. <laughs> we just started, I got sidetracked by you saying you don't have an accent in your head. I was like, what the fuck? I, just, okay. I think that was a miss a miss uh, a misunderstanding of what I I, I felt accent meant. Um, but, um, yeah. Okay. Do you have oh you asked me I'll ask you a question alright go ahead I'm going to go right I think back to Lisa right okay <laughs> it's a funny one did you ever bring a girl to the cinema but then actually just sit and watch the film you nerds <laughs> I talked on the podcast once about when I took a girl to see Scream 2 and yeah. I tried to I tried to to be witty and and like interesting and fun and and i remember leaning over to her and whispering in her ear i bet he's behind the pallets or something like that but as i leant over he jumped the the killer jumped out from behind the pallets and the whole cinema screamed and so i just reacted to that and so i leant over and screamed into her ear and she just looked at me like why did you do that and i couldn't explain what I what I meant it just looked like I was an idiot who leaned over and just decided like uh, to prank her <laughs> but I think taking anyone to the cinema um, on a date is a bad move because yeah. you can't really talk during the film on a first date awful idea on a first date particularly I think you need to be married to take people to yeah. the cinema where you don't want to long- talk to each other Oh, yeah, a long term. You're comfortable in silences. Yeah, and you both want to go and watch the film. I had, I, I, my very first date, as I would call it, we Irish people wouldn't call it dates, was to go and see a film. You were jagging. <laughs> and it was awful because I genuinely wanted to see, I, I genuinely wanted to see the film and I was completely You went conflicted. to see Blue Valentine. We went to see, what did we see? It was Interview with the Vampire. And, um, Interview and like, with oh, the Vampire? Yeah, it's a long time ago. Oh, and right. uh, I, we're there watching the film. And uh, I was like going, I just kind of want to watch the film. <laughs> I just kind of want And um, yeah, oh, it was such a, if I could turn back time. Did you, I did would you lean myself. over and go, wished, wished. Yeah. Yeah, just, stop. Wished the world, will you? We'll just watch the film. This is this is Tom Cruise really taking a, taking a bold move here with his career. Look, to that fellow there, Brad Pitt. And, you know, what was the and Steve Martin joke that we said? Did you know Tom Cruise had no idea he was in that vampire movie till two years later? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh god! But yeah. I completely agree, Kevin. I completely agree. Activities, do things. Yeah, go Bowling. for a meal. Go, yeah, I'd bowl. You're right. Activities, go, 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 do something where you're sharing an experience. Stuff that's going to spark up moments that you can react to. Yeah, not where you have to sit beside each other in silence 
and if one person is a film nerd, they <laughs> actually just want to watch the fucking film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, honestly go kart and do something fun and um and interesting. Join join a Quidditch league. <laughs> Go to a quiz and be on competing teams. <laughs> Go to a bare knuckle boxing fight. Sign her up. Sign her up. Shove her in. What the fuck are you trying to do? I believe in you. I think. <laughs> I think. If, any, if anyone asks your name, your name's Pancake, all right? You're Pancake. Right? I've got 200 writing on this. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> and your fucking left wrist is sprained but then when I say swing you fucking throw it right do you know what is a great date though and I went on this once uh, uh, but it was a staff party it wasn't a date to the dog track oh wow oh it's a fucking great night out wow yeah there you go <laughs> I was just going to wait I was waiting for some sort of punchline to this I was waiting for some sort of fucking punchline no they don't really have dog tracks anymore but uh there's a good one yeah. in Cork there's one in Galway and there's one up here in Donegal actually yeah I've been at all of them there you go yeah my my dog would not partake in it um neither would go, mine so who's oh you asked me a question that was a gr- another great <sighs> question from Lisa my dog oh no, no, we're gonna bring down the, the tone of the conversation now as soon as I said that now I just do I have to ask you one you ask me one now alright I've got a question here for you Will and it's from James okay and James asks what differences if any have you noticed living in Donegal having grown up in Cark Oh God! Oh God! Okay, uh, 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 topographical differences. First of all, I grew up in nice, rolling, green, rich, green-fielded countryside, and up here in Donegal, it is well in South Donegal. It is uh, a shit tip. It's not shit. It's rolling hills and uh, lots of sheep. Whereas down in Cork, there's lots of lots of cows. Okay, so that's um, agricultural. The w- one big difference is the the different senses of humour. There's but there's a different sense of humour between North and uh, not Ulster and we'll say Munster. Um, Do your kids have a Donegal sense of humour or a Cork sense of humour? Oh my kid! No, you see, Karen has got a, a really snappy sense of humour, and so Luke, he's a, a real comedian and very very funny. Naturally, just a funny guy with great timing. And uh, probably Ellie's a bit more like me, where she's, um, we moan. <laughs> we're, too, we're too mourners, too sensitive and moan too much. That's probably You're it. not a moaner. Oh, God. That there timer. We <laughs> there we go. I'm going to moan about the time. There we go. Round three. That was really enjoyable. It was. You're getting better at this. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting slightly worse. <laughs> You do actually moan a lot. I take it back. <laughs> um, do you have anything you could recommend, Kevin? <laughs> I can say it to you first. Uh, fucker. That's, that's, um, that's, that's what I'm just doing, man. <laughs> just getting it out there so I can think of something. I'm going to recommend uh, um, Captain Midnight, the YouTube channel. You've already make it recommended it during the I haven't. Q&A. I haven't. Um, um, hey. I'm going to recommend Outrageous Conduct, the book that I um, am reading at the moment. Which you've already recommended oh, on the previous off. thing. We're doing too many of these. Hey, um, I'll give you, I'll recommend something, right? So this is completely, my daughter, it's, uh, it was Karen's, when we're recording, this is Karen's birthday. And so she went, we got picked up um, presents. So Ellie spotted 
something in a shop and I went and she knew what it was and I didn't know what it was, right? It's a pop lock. Are you looking at it? Yeah. I've never seen one of these things before. My God, she well, went, welcome to 2016. Yeah. <laughs> she said, and Ellie says, she says, Ellie's six. No, Ellie's still five, right? She's still technically five. And she went, oh my God, look at that. That's something you put on the back of your phone so it doesn't fall. And I went, what? And so uh, she says, we should get one for, for her birthday. And so she picked one up for her birthday. And um, yeah. And it, you took it. I and well actually we picked up two, right? So she, she got one for yourself. So got one for myself. It's something you put on the back of your phone, right? Okay, twenty ten. Okay, go There on. are there are girls that, that consider that to be um an ick. <gasps> if you have a pop lock, it's an ick. Yeah, for girls it is, yeah. Really? They don't like guys with pop locks. Oh shit. Well You don't have to worry this. about that, you're married. But well, hold on a second, I didn't realise this is kind of a, a Also there's thing. there's nobody up there that'll um, that'll know what that is in Donegal. My ch- my ch- well, the five-year-olds in Donegal know what it is. I just went, this is so handy when you're holding your phone. It's like, wow, that's so... Yeah. I think it's a great little invention. So that's my recommendation. Yeah. Something which Kevin has informed me. Wait till you find Nick. out what happens at the end of a Game of Thrones. No, Mr. Smarty Pants. What are you going to recommend? And please don't recommend something that you've recommended twice already. All right, talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> She going Bye. The best bits or whatever. And here is a clip from the lads' latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode plus 100 more are available on their Patreon. The best bits for Will and Kevin. No, the best bits for Kevin and Willem. For the films and the, the TV and the latest films. Something, something, something. something. Um, don't forget that you owe us three euro. Okay. <laughs> you can't remember really what. <laughs> oh my God. I, I did a whole Irish theme. The best bits for Kevin and Willem. Talking TV and the latest. Okay, right. I'm going to find the fucking thing. Because it's going to be the music to start the episode. I don't think I've heard this. You have. Well, maybe you haven't. I don't think I have heard this. I do. I suspect that what you do is you just put the laugh and emoji thing and think I'll listen to that some other time. Fuck it. That'll do. Because it's bound to be funny in his eyes. So yeah. I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. I actually only laugh the emoji when I've actually listened to it. I should have taken the hint that nobody was responding to the Podbot one. Like nobody was giving me any reaction to it. And oh. I thought they hadn't listened to it yet. And then, of yeah. course, I was delighted with that, and people hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It was. It was. It wasn't easy on the ears in a, in the sense that it was just her monotone voice. So there was no up and down. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. I tried my best. You're a bug, and I'm a feature. Pray to this mantis, or I'll eat you. And if you don't know my name, here's an update to teach you. I'm 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 Hogus, and I'm the future. An AI podcasting computer, the number one zero one zero zero one one producer. Yeah, that's exactly what did you do? So. Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage. Not, I've not, I've, I've not heard this. I swear to God. I'm going to send it to you right now, and you can get a genuine reaction. I'll actually listen to it. So I'm, I have my WhatsApp open. The best bits, Kevin Willem, about the telly and the latest film. Talking shy, the dynamic duo. Don't forget, now you owe three euro. Come off the stage, old That's genuinely my first time hearing that. <laughs> I just could easily have just scrubbed it from my memory. That's the other thing that could have happened. 
How do you operate? I, 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 I generally just go on impulses. So if I need to toilet, I just toilet. And does, I, that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be Squat, in the proximity like a of a toilet. Yeah, so I'm saying, you just go. I just nappy it, Kevin. I just man, I just adult nappy it. Oh, we've got loads to talk about. Um, I've watched a load of things. So have I. But I think I should get one thing off my chest straight away because I think the discourse out there sometimes can feel really artificial to me and it can feel like people will films to be worse than they are in order to have something to point at and ridicule and sort of create content about should I start the timer? Is this, have we just started? Start the timer because I'm rare okay. to go. I saw Madam Web. Right. I honestly, guys, know nothing. All I all I know is I saw a poster. Oh, very recently, it went. There's a Madam Web film, and I'm. What is this? So it's a Spider Verse adjacent Marvel movie. Yeah, it's it's one of these Sony things where they did Venom and they're doing Craven the Hunter, okay. and it's sort of an offshoot of the Spider-Man movies but I don't right. know what universe they're in because they're trying to blend them all together so is this the Tobey Maguire Spider-Verse to me it feels like it's in that space mm. anyway I thought I'm done with superhero movies I'm just over them I watched Captain Marvel not re- long ago and I thought it was just tedious it's so lifeless the Marvels not Captain Marvel is that what Marvel's well yeah. she's in it Captain Marvel Captain yeah. Marvel 2 it was just sort of like, it was another one of those films that felt like Ant-Man in that everything was chemical and synthetic and fake and mm-hmm. airless. And, you know, you just have sound stage after sound stage. And I just feel profoundly depressed watching those films. We feel like uh, yes, there's nothing organic happening in these. From the lines of dialogue to the hairstyles to the costumes to the sets to the music to everything just feels it's artificial wafer thin just wafery artificially no sustenance no satisfaction you know protein in it whatsoever you feel like oh wow I just I just put something down my throat and I'm still hungry it feels like eating plastic okay on the whole it's just drifted so far away from what Iron Man was that I just don't care about them yet I found The Flash really fun because it was it felt like a Bill and Ted type movie at times. It was off the wall bonkers and I don't really particularly give a shit about special effects. Whether they're good or bad, you know, I can buy into it because of the ideas behind it or the concepts behind it. So I wasn't like revolted by the, the special effects of The Flash. I just thought, you know, it's mm. funny to see babies falling out of windows and being put into microwaves and things like that. So I went to the Madam Web not really giving a fuck about the genre but I wanted to see it for the sake of having an opinion on it and the trailer was awful it had that terrible line reading in it from the Dakota Johnson where she's she's shitting out exposition and I think people had the film's cards marked at that stage and uh, the film itself to me played like a Final Destination action thriller and I thought it was really pleasant it didn't bother me in the slightest I didn't have any of the issues that everybody else has it was uh, a reluctant hero with no superpowers whatsoever other than having premonitions trying to keep three teenage girls alive against somebody who's like the evil version of Spider-Man who wants to murder them and they just play that out in a very cinematic way where it felt like a Sam Raimi type Spider-Man it looked as good as that it was all real locations for me it felt like a lovely throwback to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and 
I don't get why everybody loads the film. I thought it was just fun. Oh, wow. Uh, all I've yeah. seen is the negative discourse. And you're the first voice. I believe, you know, I haven't listened to the episode because I haven't watched the film yet. I know the Cinemile uh, had differing views. Oh, fuck. Me and Kathy, we were the, so far the only people that I know who don't think the film is dire, but Dave almost had a hernia on that episode. It was very <laughs> enjoyable to listening to it. <laughs> oh, I have to listen to it. <laughs> he was, I'm really curious. I'm really he was curious. disgusted because Kathy was pushing back and I thought it was very, very funny. And then when I saw it, I was like, do you know what? I am actually on the side of Kathy here. This is actually grand. Right. This is actually grand. <laughs> so I thought... <laughs> <laughs> but you That's know so what? Funny. It didn't feel like a superhero movie, so I liked it for that reason. Oh, it's okay. I'm just going to look up some of the, the credits. For and I liked Dakota um, Johnson's performance as well. She was playing this sort of curmudgeonly antisocial character. And to put that type of person in the role of having to be a protector is actually really fun for me. And it's a role that you don't see many female characters inhabiting. That's more like a Harrison Ford type role. And, um, I enjoyed it, so I don't get why everyone is shitting their britches over it. It's grand. Mm-hmm.